0: This is uh, water in here, just in case if you didn't. were curious what that is, I, a little bit of a dry mouth, but um, we are doing things just a little bit differently, and you may have your uh, tithe and offering check with you ready to go, waiting for offering to happen. Well, today, we're not going to take up offering, and uh, it's okay. We still have an opportunity for you to give. Uh, you can see on the side, we just put up tithe and offering boxes, so at this point, no, not at this point, you don't have to get up and give that. But at any point, you want to go ahead and give. You can do that after the service or whatnot, before the service. It's just up to you when you want to give. Uh, there are plenty of platforms for you to give. You can give online. You can give on the app. You can uh, give through the mail. It, just many different ways that you can give. And uh, what that does, and I'm thankful for this, and this is just a little bit of the practical part of our church, you've noticed that we've put a heavy emphasis on our um, website And uh, northutah.com and our app that we've been providing for you to get connected with our groups and announcements and things like that. So uh, really, we are heavily weighing on the those platforms for you to get involved, get plugged in, and stay informed. We also have your bulletin, of course, that's in front of you there. We also have a monthly uh, calendar at the back that tells you everything that's going on in our church. So what we are doing is allowing you to get connected and informed without having to take up time up here. We realize that when people come to church, they are coming to m- have an experience with God. When you bring your friends, you bring your family members to church, the, you're, you're bringing them to come and experience worship and have God connect with them through the word and through prayer. These, this is the reason why we're here, correct? And sometimes, and it's, although it's necessary to give announcements and it's necessary for us to give an opportunity to worship God through offering, those things... Can um, cause the service to be shortened in our time when we when we come to really dive into the heart of why we're here. So that's why we have built so much on the back end so that up here when we come together, we can just really engage the full service and honor God with all of that we have for our time here. So we don't want to eliminate the the opportunity that uh, you get to be blessed by giving, and so that's why that's there. It's still available every, every service and being informed. That's why we have all those other platforms. But up here and together on Sunday, we are just making a concentrated effort to just really have a flow of the service that is seamless where we come in and worship like we did, have an inspirational, encouraging, challenging uh, thought up front that has some vision of that. God is doing some amazing things. How many of you, God is doing amazing things in your life? And i tell you, some of us know that. But we want to give more of a platform to share those types of stories. Um, we have a lot of great events coming up, but what we really want to do is connect you to the heart of what God is doing in your life. So you'll begin to start hearing some of these stories that are happening in your life and some of the hands that have been raised. Those are things that we really want to honor God with, and I believe it's going to be challenging and it's going to be encouraging for you. It really is. And I tell you, there are so many stories of God's provision and miracles I mean, straight-up miracles, right? When you think about God being a miracle-working God, God has done some supernatural stuff. And I need to ask God for forgiveness for not shouting the praises as much as we need to be. And so that's part of the direction is we're going to be just declaring how... How much and real God is moving in your life and our lives together and we're just going to grow in our faith together. The reason why we're here, one of the main driving purposes is that you are built up and encouraged in your faith to meet Monday, right? How many of you come on Sunday and you just need that, okay, I can do this because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday happens. And we need to come together so we can be relaunched with faith and say, okay, God's got this. He's got this week. And so we are purposefully spending more time with building each other up on Sunday mornings. And that's starting with this week. We have some other things that we'll be uh, uh, discussing. But primarily you'll be uh, hearing uh, about the growth track. The growth track is our discipleship process. This is really the heart, the heartbeat of God is to make disciples. How? The question mark has always been since we started and planted this church was how do we make disciples as a church? How do we equip each other? How do we strengthen each other? How do we get it to where we can be believe that we can be not just discipled, but disciple makers? Transition the way that we think that God believes in us, why don't we believe that, we, that God can do it in us, right? And so the, the growth track is a discipleship process for you to be equipped to now make a difference. All of us have a desire. We want to make a difference in our life. We want to make disciples. This is an arena that helps guide us. It's a tool for you to utilize for that next step in your life. So every single Sunday, there is, and I don't like to say a class. It's, it's really a... Um, it's a course, it's a discovery, I think, for us to go through together. Every single Sunday during the second service, going on right now, discipleship is happening in the youth room. We have some people over there that are dis- this Sunday, it's the second week that's happening, uh, that people are discovering their gifts and their talents. They, have, they are taking a personality profile. Some of us need to recognize how we operate, right? <laughs> it's funny, we've done this personality testing, and, they're like, and somebody's taking it like, uh, this doesn't seem like me. And the person next to him is like, uh, that 's totally you you don 't even know how accurate that is, and uh, it 's really a lot of fun. The other one is is a gifting test. It just kind of allows us to okay, what are your interests? Do you like interceding in prayer? you know um, are you, Do you like standing in the gap or uh, with people um, what what 's your ministry gifting? So we line up your personality and your gifting testing, and we begin to shape see how God has designed you. And then how does that operate? What does that look like in your life here at this church? And as we make a a concentrated effort to reach our community. And as this is just beginning, we have already seen some powerful things happening. And it's been amazing. I believe that God is preparing us for the next step. So there's four steps in the growth track. Step one, two, three, four. Every month we'll teach on the first week, week uh class one or course one so the second week will be two the third week will be three and then the fourth week will be step four will be join the team and then it starts the process all over again and so if you did if you miss step one that or if you missed step two that's okay um go to step two the next time it comes around you know so it's just a process that will always be available for us i encourage every single one of one of you to just get plugged in Uh, It's really, really uh, important for us to work together for the same goal of reaching people. That's why we're here, that God designed us for a purpose. Simply put, that's what we do as a church. Amen? Amen? So God is doing some amazing things. You'll be hearing a lot of stories of what God is doing through the tools that he's equipping us with together. And I believe that amazing things are about to happen in your life. Before we go any further... I just want to dedicate this service to God. Uh, We had a wonderful first service, and God has spoken some things in my heart that's challenging and and it's exciting, but sometimes it's hard for me to communicate messages. It just is. And uh, I'll tell you personally, this this first service, it was a difficult challenge for me to communicate. Uh, It's just one of those those things. You know, you, you, you have barriers, whether it's in your mind or your heart or your spirit, but I just... I just want to dedicate our time together so that I can effectively honor God with the words that He has spoken to my heart, and hopefully we can be challenged and encouraged together. God, I thank You that it's Your Holy Spirit that teaches us, and it's that alone that we rely upon. It's not on human efforts or human words, but by Your Word alone. Today, God, I ask that Your words are seasoned with salt with your spirit. Soften our hearts for the wonderful, incredible challenge and faith that you're building in us today. Take these words and produce fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start and open with reading with Joshua chapter 18. We've been going through Joshua and it's been a phenomenal series and we are starting to wind down towards the end. And We are taking a couple chapters at a time now. We have 18 and 19. Joshua and the Israelites have had an incredible encounter as they have crossed over the Jordan River, entered into the the land of Canaan. It's where their enemies uh, that were living in the promise where God had promised them and that's where their inheritance, the enemy was living there. They had to come in and drive them out the enemy hated god hated the israelites and were there to kill and wipe out god's people they stood in opposition they weren't just in defense mode but they attacked the enemy and the battles were won and victory happened through their faith and confidence and being strengthened in god and I love Joshua, of course, Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged. Do not be terrified. For the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. It's an amazing verse that is basically repeated quite a few times in Joshua. A good reminder for you to just be strong and be courageous. Strong and courageous. That's who we are in Christ Jesus. Defeated the, the enemy. The enemy has now been driven out. Now that it's the time of the inheritance to be divided be t- between all the tribes of Israel. They get to live in this land of blessings. It's theirs now. They own it. God has done the miraculous for them. They get to step in and live in the place that God has designed from their forefathers to live in. It was a promise long ago. Now they're living in a place that their ancestors only dreamed about when they, were, when they were wandering in the wilderness. And even before that when they were in captivity over Pharaoh's under Pharaoh's rule. So this is an amazing opportunity for them to live life in the complete fullest of what God had already planned and prepared for them long, long ago. So here we go. The whole assembly of the Israelites, so starting with verse 1 in chapter 18 of Joshua, gathered at Shiloh and set up the tent of meeting there. That's the tabernacle. They set this up. This is where they did worship with God. And before it became a solid place, this was a tent, and this stayed here at Shiloh for many years. The country was brought under their control, but there were still seven Israelite tribes who had not yet received their inheritance. Seven tribes who had not received their inheritance. So Joshua comes up and he says to these Israelites. How long will you wait before you begin to take the possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you? He comes up to him with a concerned voice and says, what are you guys waiting for? This has been way too long. I'm going to kick you in the butt if you don't get moving. You're staying here too long, living in the temporary. You've got a place where you belong, where you're supposed to be living, where you're supposed to be rooted, and you haven't gone there yet. He says, how long? Verse 4, appoint three men from each tribe, and I will send them out to make a survey of the land and to write a description of it according to the inheritance of each. Then they will return to me, and you are to divide the land into seven parts. Judah is to remain in its territory on the south, and the tribes of Joseph, in their territory on the north. And after you have written the descriptions of the seven parts of the land, bring them here to me, and I will cast lots for you in the presence of our God. And basically, go says, go over there. I want you to see what's already yours. You have seven tribes. I want you to go ahead and divide that up. Map it out. What do you think you want? What would you like? You come and agree? What what, what are the the areas that are here that we can divide equally? And then you bring that to me. I'm going to cast out seven lots. This is one of the time in the Old Testament where you you, you throw them out and God chooses uh, who he wants to be in that area. And uh, we'll just go ahead and pursue Where God wants us to be. Bring them to me. We'll collect it all together. All the information will get you where you need to be. That's what he's saying. And he says, I will plant you. God will put you there. I want you to make that survey. I want you to see. I want you to know that it's yours. I want you to believe that it's yours. I want you to understand that this is yours. You're living in this temporary meeting place for too long. I want you to gather all your stuff up. I want you to go out and be in this place where you're meant to be. Where you're meant to be. To to be, meant to live. The Israelites, they were finally ready to take possession of their inheritance. They were finally ready to go. Joshua sees that. They're ready to live in that land that God has promised them. The Bible said that they had not received their inheritance. What it really means and actually means is that they failed to live their life what was already theirs. Amen. This speaks to us in many different ways. But on the heart level, it speaks to me, and hopefully it speaks to you, that there is more that God has for you. And hopefully we can be challenged to go ahead and live in that area of our life that God has already given us. You know, we're, uh, as a church, there's quite a few of us who are going to Israel. We're taking a Holy Land tour trip and excited about that. There's a few of us raising our hands and Katie just went the hoop to hoop And uh, we're excited, we're planning, we're, we're, we're looking at where we're going to go. We get to go to the Sea of Galilee and, and see where, where, where Jesus ministered and, and maybe we get to catch a fish at the Sea of Galilee. How awesome would that be? We get to walk the streets. We get to see where Jesus was born. We get to see where Jesus was crucified. We get to see the empty tomb. We get to see amazing places. We get to see the desert. We get to see where Revelation and Armageddon is going to happen. We get to see a lot of these things that are going to open our hearts to what God, the reality of Scripture. But before we step foot into that place, there's something that we all have to do, right? We have to get a passport. We're still working on that one ourselves. Hopefully we can get going on that. We have to get a passport or we can't go there. We have no legal right. They will stop us at the airport and you say, you're not going any further. But if you have the passport legally... That's your place to now go explore and go find out what's there. Go survey the land. Go see all the promises and the blessings of God. Be able to chart it out. And in our memory we can say, wow, this was amazing. The the Mount of Olives was incredible. We get to be able to see and take communion at places. We get to go to the upper room. We get to plot it out and be like, wow, this is amazing. But I got to have the passport first. Joshua has the passports and he's already given it to them and he's saying guys you already got legal permission to go what are you still waiting here for go explore survey there's so much for you go ahead and, 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 and divide it up it's yours it's already there go ahead legally it's yours you own it it's also like getting going to israel and then Benjamin Netanyahu he gives you a deed to property and says, here you go, I'm going to give you some property, you get to go own it now, go take it. How foolish would it be to go back to him and say, please give me some land here, please give me some land, I want, I want, I need. This is, what the, this is what the Israelites are doing. So Joshua is just really upset and he just rebukes him and says, how long are you guys going to keep bugging me with, with hanging around here? You got more for you over there. Go check it out. It's yours. Take it to possess the inheritance. You fought for it. You battled for it. It's yours. You own it. It's legally yours. You have it. It belongs to you. It was promised by your fathers, your grandfathers, your great-grandfathers, and now you get to live in the blessings of that. How long? How slow? How much longer is it going to take for you to go? You know, I wonder if that's us too. I mean, just being quite frank, I think it is us in a lot of ways. I think there's times, I think there's, there's areas of faith that we're afraid to move into because we just don't believe it's ours yet. I think there's land and territory that God has already prepared for you in your heart, plan to give you into that new area of peace and he is speaking that directly to your heart and he says, I want you to move there. That worry and strife is not my blessing for you. That anxiety, that's not the land that I prepared for you. Go beyond that. Lift your eyes. See that I have something good for you. And it's yours to own. I've already given it to you. I wonder how many of us keep asking God over and over for things that he's already given us. And he's almost getting frustrated. Of course, he's not because he's good. And he's saying, my child, child, You don't have to ask anymore. I've already provided it for you. It's already yours. I've already given it to you. We find this in our hearts all the time. Find it in our minds all the time. And we do have to battle for that, right? Sometimes we lose territory because we allow the territory of doubt to just come in and confusion. And we just get frustrated because we don't see things the way that God sees. And maybe the blessing, we we, we see a curse rather than a blessing, and God's saying, no, I'm really doing a good thing. Maybe we just have a hard time believing that God is doing the good thing, that the promise that God is saying, no matter what happens in your life, no matter what kind of challenges happen, it's going to be okay. In fact, it's going to be better than okay. It's going to be good. And are we going to live in that land of trusting and believing that it doesn't matter what happens, that it's going to work out good? The older I get in every year that passes by, I learn that more and more. The devastating things, ultimately, as time goes on, have benefited me as long as I allow it to, as long as I live in the land uh, and the territory of saying, God, I trust you And I believe that the outcome that you have from whatever happens, whatever comes my way, is to benefit. And he does. There are many reasons why God's people are cheated out of the inheritance that they own or to possess. A primary one, I believe, is that people just simply don't know what belongs to them. Joshua sent them out and said, here, you need to go see what belongs to you. You need to go know and understand and survey and get the, get the dips, the, the valleys and the highs and the trees and, and get a survey of the, of, the, of the rocks and what's good for building and establishing. Go understand and go know. See for yourself what's there and available for you. Many people, I think, just don't know what's available. You can't live in the land of blessings and promise if you don't know that it's there. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We have to understand the character and the nature and the goodness of God. That's your Father who is good. Who is a good, good Father. And do we believe that? Do we say that? And do we say that only because it's something that is a coined phrase? Or do we understand the characteristics and the nature of God that makes Him a good Father? Another reason why we miss out is... And I'll say this quite plainly and frankly, is that people sometimes, Christians sometimes are just indifferent, apathetic, and sometimes just plain lazy. Unwilling to just fight for it. Some promises, some blessings we have to fight for. We don't like that. We like promises and blessings that are just given. But there are times where you're going to have to fight for the blessing that's on the other side. And some of us would rather just live a low-level, mediocre, spiritual life, living of of existence of just saying, if I can just live right here and not move and be deeply rooted into the promise and the territory that God has for me, hey, I'm still part of the Israelites. I'd rather not engage in spiritual warfare any longer. Listen, Josh, we've fought plenty of battles. We hiked many, many miles. We crossed the Jordan River. We see, we've got amazing stories that God has provided for us. But you know what? I think I'm just going to stay right here. I don't want to move any further. I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to build anymore. I, I don't want to go anymore. I don't want to. I, I just. I'm fine. And maybe some of us have that perspective that you know I'm just going to wait as long as I can until I just get into heaven and then I'll just enjoy everything. I'll, I'll build my, my career. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But maybe if that's all your focus, that's not the best thing. I'm just going gonna, gonna to build my, my friendships, my, my reputation, all good things. I'm going to build my retirement. I'm going to build everything that I can here. And, and, and you know what? My Christian life, my, my life with God will just kind of be in the back burner, and he'll, I'll kind of utilize him, right, when I need him. And I'll, I'll let people know that I'm a Christian, but it's just kind of like, my faith is in the things that I'm building right now, and I'm fine here. And maybe God is just challenging us just a little bit more, that he's got more for you, so much more than that big nest egg. So much more for you that you can take with you it's a good thing god has good things in our perspective of blessings and promises are are for you god's blessings is great and greater than anything that we can do for ourselves maybe we just like living in that area that's comfortable But I don't know that that's exactly what Jesus had in mind when he was praying. He said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Praying for God's kingdom to come into your heart. And when God's spirit is inside of us, there's a change, a radical shift of new perspective, a new way of thinking, a new way of living life, a new way of seeing death and life. My grandma just passed away. yesterday now she's 94 years old she's lived a wonderful life and god has blessed her it was i had great memories of my grandma growing up of course and you know even when you have a good grandma it's it's just it's a blessing and if you're a grandma boy you are a blessing more than you know She was faithful. She played for, uh, the piano beautifully, and she, she served God, and she just, just loved God's Word all the way up until the end, read and just, just soaked up the presence of God. That, I mean, she really is a, known as a woman of faith, a prayer warrior. And the opportunity, uh, Katie and I, uh, this, was, this is kind of funny. Katie was a worship leader at my dad's church when he was uh, uh, pastoring, and she was a worship leader, and I played the drums. And my grandma played the piano. And it was a fantastic dynamic. And I tell you, it was incredible. There was there was a Sunday where my grandma was gone. We had a guitar player gone and Katie and I led worship. No kidding. With a drum solo the entire worship service. It was awesome. I think Paul remembers that. I tell you, it's pretty hard to get, you know, into a worship setting during a slow song using drums. But my grandma was always faithful, always willing to serve, and willing to just give. And then as my grandpa, he was diagnosed with cancer. Um, Katie and I were first married, and, and uh, we kind of had a, a, a relationship where we would go over and help, and they would help us. They, they'd pay us just to kind of take care of them. And so I spent, we spent many days um, through the week, every week, for a few years with my grandparents and just spending time with my grandma and, and helping her in the yard. And, and so... It was a real close relationship with my grandma, but she passed away yesterday. And you know what? I'm I'm not choking up because I'm because I'm sorry where she's at. In fact, she's left a legacy of hope and faith. That, boy, that's just a see you later, grandma. I'll see you when you're 29 years old. You know. <laughs> it's going to be a good reunion for her and she's seeing her daughter June and her husband and her family that's up there that has all put their their hope in Jesus Christ alone. And it's a good thing. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Salvation doesn't start when we cross over. It starts when we accept the name of Jesus, when we enter into the inheritance, when we say Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, you are entering into an inheritance that is beyond this earth. God is not just sitting on the other side of heaven waiting for you to die so you can finally go over and live in His presence. Our possession, your possession, is here in Christ Jesus waiting for us, waiting for you, waiting for me to rise up in faith and drive out every enemy of our promises and take possession of what belongs to us through the redemptive work of Christ through the cross and the resurrection. The promised land of the Old Testament, the land of Canaan, is not just a type of heaven. It's not just a picture of entering into heaven. You see, there is no battles, there is no giants, there is no walls of Jericho in heaven that need to come down. So when we're talking about going into the land of promises, he's talking about right now in your life. There are blessings, there are things that you are to live in right now. It's a clear picture of us coming into life and we're fighting with full of confidence, full of strength, full of courage. Not of yourselves, but of the Spirit of God that will lead you and he will go before you and produce victory in your life. And he will give you an inheritance. But before you have that inheritance, before the Israelites had that inheritance, before they crossed the Jordan, they had to see the other side. They had to see what it looked like. They had to know where they were headed. They had to believe in faith that God was going to part the rivers, that God was going to destroy the enemy, that was going to take out the opposition. And those who were trying to kill and destroy the Israelites, they, said, they took their stand and said, there is no room for you here in the promises because God has already promised this to our fathers and our grandfathers. We've heard it from them. We're hearing it from Joshua today. And we are going forward in what is legally and rightfully ours, by Jesus Christ, we are headed forward. Today, not when you get into heaven. Right now. The time is not tomorrow. The time is the time is not tomorrow. The time is now. That's right. We get to live life to the fullest, not when we just enter into heaven, but to live it now. We have a confidence that is outside of ourselves. We have a biblical confidence. We have a clear vision and a hope for a future that is ours to own because Christ owns you. 2 Corinthians, for no matter how many promises God has made, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now, if there was ever a time or a moment in church where you were going to say Amen, that was it. Yeah. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the Amen is spoken by us. It's spoken, it's ratified, it is an agreement, and we are saying yes. That is what we receive in Christ Jesus by us to the glory of God. It's God's glory being revealed to you. And he's saying, this is my promise for you. And you just repeat that by saying, amen, God, I believe you're going to do it. That's why we're an amen church. Because sometimes God is going to speak a promise into your life. And you just say, amen, that's it for me. I'm taking a hold of that you're ratifying you're saying yes I am agreeing to what God has already spoken this is what we do together as the church we come together and we take back the land that God has promised you because the enemy is constantly wanting to live in that territory of your mind constantly wanting to live in that territory of your heart Eroding the faith, eroding the experiences. Right? You've had experiences from God and you're on that mountaintop, and just a few days later, Satan comes in and said, Did that really happen? We're going to fight for these battles. Those times at the altar is when God is speaking to you, and that's the exact moment that you're going to face spiritual warfare when you head out those doors. You come to church and you have a wonderful experience with God, and it's amazing, and God has spoken some amazing things. You're leaving with peace, and you get, the moment you get in the car, you're into traffic, and you start an argument with your wife. It's not an accident. There are spiritual battles that are happening in your marriage and and Satan is coming in to try and divide and to kill and destroy the experience that has happened here and trying to get get you out of that territory of living in the promises and the blessings. The devil's greatest fear is that you will discover who you really are in Christ. The devil's greatest fear is that you will finally realize the power that you own in Jesus' name. Because once you realize your legal right and ownership of the name of Jesus, and you begin to operate and understand what that means to you personally in your life, then Satan knows that all of his accusations, all of those fiery darts cannot penetrate your heart when you say, in Jesus' name, there's no room for that here. And the devil, he continually tries to convince all of us that Christ's power is impossible for us to live in now. That we can have a fraction of it, but we can't have all of it. But when Jesus gave himself on the cross, he didn't just give some of his life. He didn't just give some of himself for 99%. He gave all of him for you and I. So we get to receive all of Christ's work, the finished work on the cross. And that's available for us. We get to have it, not just after we die, but right here and right now. And I, was just, I would say if that is our, the, the sermon title, it would be right now. Right now, we get to have something that is greater than what we uh, may be possessing now. We get to have something more. Expand the territory. That God has designed for you to live in power and strength in his promises now. And I want you to listen closely. And as the worship team is setting up, we're going to close in a song and it's going to be good. But there's some promises that I need you to hear because there are some promises that are only to be fulfilled on earth now. You see, I won't need to pray. You won't need to pray for peace when you get into heaven. We need it now. You won't need to request strength and confidence when you're already in heaven. You need that strength and confidence now. You won't be asking for God to give you comfort after you pay, pass those pearly gates into heaven. We need it now. You won't be asking for healing after you've crossed over to the other side. We need it now. You won't be asking God for grace while you're walking the streets of gold. You won't be saying, God, give me, give me grace. I need it. We need it now. These are the promises that God is giving us Now. You won't be needed to ask God, Lord, lead me away from temptation when you're living in the presence of Him. We need that now. We need that promise that He will rescue us and deliver us now. We don't need to ask God for faith. When we're talking with Jesus face to face and the reality of who He is while we're in heaven, we need that now, Lord, give us faith. We don't need power to overcome the devil when we're in heaven. It's already done. We won't need to be asking for salvation after he's already read your name in the Lamb's book of life. We need his righteousness now. Joshua realized to get them motivated and moving to the next step, he needed them to see what was in front of them now. What was available for them to live in and to be planted by was now, was something that was greater. It was something for them to see, and then beyond that was to get a revelation. The revelation is a deep understanding, and it's that ownership that says, okay, that's mine. I've got the deed. I'm ready to live in that now. I'm ready to live in that space. It's there. It's mine. Ephesians says this, I keep asking that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened and enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you. The riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, that's you. The glorious riches that He is producing and putting inside of you that is already prepared in advance for you. It's time to stake out the territory. It's time to say this is what I own. This is mine. And even though I disapprove of the name it and claim it philosophy, the fact is if we ever go so far to the other side to say that we will never truly we would say that 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 this is not my territory, we will never truly own it we have to realize that the promises that God has given us is our territory we could say that we believe that the Bible is true that every promise from God is true from cover to cover but if we don't believe them for ourselves if you don't believe that true for you you will never be able to have the the full experience of God's promises and blessings in your life if you don't believe that that's for you personally in your life and in your in in your scenario, situation, in your life. God is wanting that for you. He gave it to you. It's already yours. It's yours. Take it. God, help us to see the inheritance that's in front of us. Help us to see that you've already given us something to place our roots in, and it's full of blessings and promises that you have already prepared in advance for us. Ephesians 1. Praise be to the God and Father of Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I love it. There's a promise of every spiritual blessing is in Christ is for you. In 2nd Peter, his divine power has given us everything everything we need for our godly life through our knowledge in Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. 1 Corinthians, so then no more boasting about human leaders. All the things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or present or future, all are yours. That means everything that I have created is for you. Everything I've get, I have made is for you. You are to have it. it is, and You are Christ and Christ is of God. Colossians 1 to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery which is Christ in you the hope of glory you see we've already been delivered of the power of darkness It's already been deli- you've already been delivered you've already been translated into the kingdom of God when we accept the name of Jesus Healing comes. It's already provided through the cross. We can receive healing in Jesus' name. We have already been given the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. It's already given to you in the name of Jesus. And I love this verse and I want us to stand together before we close. It 's the most amazing verse to me of the power that you and I share it's humbling and it also challenges us. okay i 've got this ephesians two six and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. What amazing, powerful word that God is speaking over you be confident be strong be courageous the Lord your God is with you no matter where you go his presence is more powerful than any other presence on this earth I want us to sing together and just express our heart to how much God loves you how he chases you and how sometimes we have been reckless and even though we've been reckless he's pursued us in that And that is almost ridiculous how much He has pulled us out of the mighty clay. How many times have you rejected Him? How many times have you rejected His promises? How many times have we done it our own way? And yet God still comes to you and says, I love you. I love you. I'm pursuing you. I'm chasing you. You're mine. Come back. You're mine. I love you. I have so much for you. He chases and chases. There was no place where you can go, where you can truly hide from God. He will always seek you out. Let's sing together. I need to ask this question. There's a promise that in Jesus' name you can be saved. You can be set free. That you know what happens after you die. And it's life eternal with Him in His presence and glory. You be res- you're rescued from the pit of hell. You have life with Him. If you have never in your life uh, submitted to Jesus said Jesus I'm ready for you I'm ready to submit my life to you eternally for you I want to be in your presence forever God I want you to rescue me I don't have this life figured out I need you if this is you you've never said that I want you to raise your hand yes right here yeah anybody else Anybody else? Yes. Back there? Yes. Yes. Anybody else? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. up here. Paul and Rebecca, can you help me with Coran over here? You got over here, Mitch. Right here. Corey, could you help me? With him up here. These two back here. Could I have you come up front? Who else? I'm missing someone. You stay right here. You're you're good. I'll stop. you're good. Right here. You don't have to come all the way up here. You do? I said, You don't have to come up here. He said, I want to come up here. So I'll tell you what they're ready. The harvest is white, it's ready. All that there needs is an invitation. God's been doing something in their spirit and their soul. Today is the day, it's new. He has been speaking to you guys from a long time ago. I don't even know your name, but God knows your name. And we're going to pray a prayer together. And we're going to celebrate together the life change that this is a new day. This isn't something that is just fleeting. This is a reality that's, that there is, there is new things happening inside of you. A new life is about ready to happen. So we're going to pray together. I'm going to pray. You're going to repeat after me. And then we've prayed this. And we're, it's, it's not a magical prayer, but it's just to help guide you into an instruction with what God is doing in you. And every person who raised your hand, I want you to repeat after me as well. You're not alone in this. We're in this together, right? So I want to make sure everybody has somebody to pray with and be with. Am I missing anybody? And Good. Okay, we're going to pray together. I'm just going to hold, shake your hand. What's your name? Bryce? Nicole. Bryson and Nicole. Did I say that right? Bryson and Nicole. So I want you to repeat after me and everybody else that's in this too. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sin. I give it up to you. I need your grace and your forgiveness and I receive it in Jesus' name today. Today, I make a commitment to follow you and your word and to make Jesus Christ my Lord, my Savior, and best friend for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God's Word says that the angels celebrate. They are rejoicing in heaven because of the decision that you make. It's a decision every day to say, God, I'm choosing you. Today is the first step. Now, what we've got in place, we've got something special for you guys that's going to be coming up. It's called the Alpha Group. And we want you guys to be plugged in with that. That's something that's going to be, that we have just started. It's going to be starting in June. It's specifically for you guys. We have some people ready to help walk you through this process. So, can we just give God one more round of applause? Thank you, God, for the work that you're doing in people's hearts here today. Thank you for the transformation that you create through the power of your Holy Spirit that can redirect lives, that can pull people out of the miry clay and save them, God, from destruction, but can give them life. Starting today, in Jesus' name, we rejoice in the freedom that is expressed in the decision to follow after you. We love you. We praise you. And we ask for special protection in those who have professed you as Lord and Savior for the first time today, in Jesus' name, go, go before us as a church as we go into those dark areas and cast out, Lord, your light into the dark places. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful day.